Good morning. I'd like to welcome you back to our final Anchored in the Word uh, edition for this week. This is the sixth week that we've been working through um, these passages, and uh, the passage that we've been in this week uh, is one that I think has probably been a real encouragement to you, and that's Psalm 28. So if you have your Bible, let's all turn together to Psalm 28, and I'm going to focus in on verses 6 through 9 this morning as we conclude this passage of Scripture. So here's what the Scripture says. It says, Blessed be the Lord, because he hath heard the voice of my supplication. The Lord is my strength and my shield, and my heart trusteth in him. I am helped, therefore my heart greatly rejoiceth, and with my song will I praise him. The Lord is their strength, and he is the saving strength of his anointed. Save thy people, and bless thine inheritance. Feed them also, and lift them up forever. So, this passage uh, closes out on an extremely uh, encouraging and I'll use the word hopeful. When I say the word hopeful, I don't mean like, oh, I really hope this works out, but it's a steadfast assurance. In fact, when the Bible uses the term hope in uh, reference to God's promises or God's ways, um, that is a steadfast confidence. And the degree of confidence should be connected to um, how reliable, how strong, how trustworthy the one who has promised is. And when we're talking about God, we're talking about someone uh, who is all-powerful, um, someone who is is good, someone who is righteous, someone uh, who's unlimited in his abilities to perform the things that he chooses to perform. And when he promises, he is not capable of lying because he is truth. And so when we when we use the word hope in scripture in reference to God, we say this is a steadfast confidence. So this is a hopeful, a very confident closing to uh, Psalm 28 when it started out fairly dark. So let's kind of get into the details here and then think about how we can personally apply it this morning and Lord willing throughout the rest of the weekend. First thing I want to mention about this is that this is a prayer, but it's more than a prayer. It's also an acknowledgement of need. And David is recognizing as he prays these things in these final verses that he needs God to work on his behalf. Now, he's confident that God will do this. He understands God's character. He understands how God's worked in the lives of other people. He's understood how he's worked in his own life. So, as he's praying, he's not praying with, with this lack of confidence, but he is expressing his need. And a lot of what prayer is, is just expressing to God, look, I have a need here, and I recognize that your intervention is the only thing that will ultimately bring the outcome that we need to see in this situation. So it's not just a petition, it's also an acknowledgement of dependence. And he's motivated by God's character, his promises, and his own experience. So let's look, let's look at the, the things that David mentioned specifically and think about how they're significant uh, to him and really by implication to us as well. The first word is the word save. David is acknowledging that his circumstances are very serious. They are far bigger than he is. And if it's all dependent on David's strength and David's wisdom and David's ability to uh, to defend himself, he's going to fall short. So he's saying, God, rescue me. Not give me strength along the way, though he would ask him that. But he's saying, I need more than just help. I need salvation. I need you to rescue me by your power because my circumstances are so great. Very important word. The second word is the word bless. David is saying, God, I don't want to just survive. I want, I want to actually thrive. 
And when the Bible uses the word blessed or blessed, um, a lot of times it's, it has the idea of someone who is, is happy. And when I say happy, I don't mean that in a trite way, but someone who is, 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 is actually experiencing life with a contentedness, a satisfaction. It's, it's a kind of life that has a richness to it. And so here's a man that says, God, I need you to rescue me by your power. And I need you to give me a quality of life that is rich because it's centered around you and what you're doing. So not just surviving, thriving. The third word, very, very important, is the word feed. And this has a pastoral element to it. In fact, David draws on the, the, the pastoral illustration, the illustration of the shepherd a lot. And probably a lot of that is because David was a shepherd when he was a young man. And David understood what it was like to take care of sheep. He understood how vital his role was. He thought about his affectionate care and his protection of those sheep. And so when he uses words like feed, he has this rich pastoral element to it. And he's saying, God, be my shepherd. God, I can't thrive unless you daily nourish my soul. Continually remind me of your character. Continually remind me of your ways. As I, as I meditate on your precepts and your laws and your testimonies, I pray that you would feed my soul. That's what David is saying. Salvation, blessing, richness of life, and the nourishment that ultimately cultivates that blessed life. The, the, the fourth phrase I want to mention is the phrase lift them up. And the idea is that God needs to sometimes pick us up and carry us. And there are lots of different illustrations that could be used in this. The one that really comes to mind is actually from the New Testament, and there's a similarity here. Uh, it, when we talk about the uh, the vine and the branches, and he talks about pruning the branches, in one portion of that particular illustration that Jesus uses, he talks about lifting up those branches that are down in the dirt, that are not able to produce healthy fruit because they're down in the dirt. So he he lifts them up. It's almost like someone who uh, has this trellis and they lift up those branches and they tie them onto that trellis and they prune off the portions that are not producing flowers, and uh, which ultimately won't produce fruit. And what are they doing? They're getting it off the ground so it has the ability to be fruitful. And so there are times in our life that we are down and we are discouraged. We need God to just lift us up. And that's exactly what he's saying. He's saying, lift me up in these situations so that I can be a fruitful person who experiences a rich experience that is connected back to you in the midst of a very harsh world. The last word that is uh, found here that's so important is the word forever. This shepherding relationship that David is talking about is one that lasts forever. It is from everlasting to everlasting. The fact that I'm God's child today and that I was God's child yesterday means I'm going to be his child, not just tomorrow, but forever. He's going to care for my soul. Literally, for all of eternity, I'm going to grow in a depth of my appreciation for the richness of his character and the sweetness of our relationship will grow fuller and deeper for all of eternity. And that's something that we can't fully wrap our minds around, but that starts now. In fact, part of our appreciation for God's character is something that is developed not just in our eternal state, it's developed now in this life, a harsh life that has ups and downs and valleys and struggles and temptations and fears. 
God uses all of those things to shape our perspective and our appreciation for who he is. And so that is how he closes out the psalm. And and David borrows from the shepherding analogy a lot, as I said. But one of the the most fascinating passages that I think really uh, kind of pictures what, uh, what I think of with the shepherding illustration is Psalm 77. Let me read to you what it says. It says, Thy way is in the sea, and thy paths in the great waters. Thy footsteps are not known. Thou lettest thy flock like uh, the people like a flock by the hand of Moses and Aaron. One of the most fascinating stories in all the all the Old Testament about God's shepherding ways is what happened at the Red Sea. The nation of Israel ends up at the Red Sea. Uh, They have been triumphantly delivered from uh, the land of Egypt where they had been enslaved for hundreds of years. God has. God has demonstrated his might and his power by, you could say, confronting each of those Egyptian deities and each of the plagues wasn't just about humbling the Pharaoh, but it was about demonstrating God's power and his might and his authority over the gods of the Egyptians. And so the the, the nation of Israel was in a triumphant time. They're in the wilderness. They're, they're camping along the Red Sea. And what do they see coming in the distance? They see Pharaoh and his armies. And the people are terrified. And the people say, it would have been better if we'd have stayed in Egypt. And they want to go back. And and all of a sudden, they're flustered. And they're discouraged. And they're angry. And they're complaining. And you know what God says? God says, my way is not around the sea. It's through the sea. And literally, the nation of Israel walked through the Red Sea on dry land because God parted the waters. And, and what that is, is that's an illustration of the fact that God's footsteps are not known and he tenderly leads his people through all kinds of circumstances. And, and, and that is an example of the shepherding care of God. He may be doing that in your life right now. You may be in the midst of some kind of situation and as you are dealing with it, it's obviously not the Red Sea, okay? But it's something that has perplexed you. You don't understand it. It's, it's frustrating to you. It's discouraging. And you don't, you don't see it right now, but it is still true that God is shepherding and caring for your soul. He is leading you through the path that you're walking through in life. He has a purpose that he is working out in your life and you can trust him. Um, on Sunday morning, I read the 23rd Psalm. I'm not going to do that because this video is getting a little bit long. But I'd encourage you to go to that Psalm and read through it and think about what it says. It, it emphasizes the fact that God shepherds us now and forever. So the question is, how do you apply this passage? And I, I think that, that probably by this point in our reflection, there's a lot you can already pull from it. But I want to kind of just pull it to a conclusion for us to reflect on this weekend. I think that the, the thrust of this passage is that God wants us to find comfort in his care. When life is chaotic, when the wicked rage around us, and when we recognize a just and holy God isn't going to put up with it forever, he's going to punish the wicked, God, please preserve the righteous. We feel that weight, that pressure. Let me give you some thoughts. First of all, we all stand somewhere in history, and we have a role to perform, and that role can't be performed in our own strength. 
God has each of you in different places. Some of you are mothers, some of you are fathers, some of you are grandparents, uh, some of you are in unique work environments, some of you are in ministry. Um, you may be in a secular profession where you're the only Christian. You might be in, in a context where you're one of just a few Christians, and the Christians that you know aren't very strong Christians, and they're discouraged, and they're frustrated. You might be working in a political context. You could be in, in a situation where you're in a service uh, area. The fact is, where you are is, is, is designed by God. He's got a purpose for it. And if you're going to function in that capacity in your own strength, you will not function the way he intended. And so I want to encourage you, go to this passage and draw strength and wisdom. Let God shepherd your soul as you function in that capacity. Be faithful. The second thing I'm going to mention is that the uncertainties that we're experiencing, they're, they're not new to the human experience. Every generation of believers has felt these pressures, that the circumstances have been different, but the fact is that the, the basic pressures have been consistently the same. And so we can draw a lot from reading uh, biographies of the past, the memoirs of Christians, of missionaries, of pastors, theologians, people who were not missionaries and pastors, but they were believers and they lived through a lot of difficult circumstances. We can draw a lot from them. Uh, even in Hebrews chapter 11, I think the whole point of that passage is to say, looking at all these witnesses, all these people went before us who they walked by faith and they drew on the promises of God, you can endure us seeing, seeing him who's invisible. And that's the sense of it. Third thing. Our culture, like every other culture, is somewhere in this historic cycle of the rise and the fall of a civilization, or the strength or the diminishing of a civilization. And the fact is, I don't know where we are in this. It's true that we're going through some tumultuous times, but a lot of you listening to this remember it was like in the 1960s and the 70s. Uh, nobody watching this remembers what it was like before World War I, but your your parents or your grandparents might remember what it was like before World War I. Whenever we look through human history, we see ups and downs, and we see we see cycles that go on and with groups of people. We see it most pronounced in the nation of Israel. But the fact is that wherever we are in that cycle, if we're faithful, God's going to use us, and we should be focused on that. So I want to encourage you, we're going to face pressure, and we're going to go through difficulties. And if we're going to be strong and do what's right, those pressures are going to build. But God's grace is going to sustain us no matter what we face. And not only is His grace going to sustain us no matter what we face, but we have the reminder that He is our shepherd from everlasting to everlasting. In fact, God may allow us to go through troubling seasons simply to draw us closer to himself, to help us to realize how important it is to walk by faith in dependence on his character and ways, and to really draw from the richness of that relationship. And I also want to remind you with one final thought. There is nothing that can thwart God's eternal purposes. The people that are around you who are going to be saved, it doesn't matter what goes on around us. They're going to get saved. The church is going to continue. God's work is going to continue until he says enough is enough and he, and he raptures his church and we get into all the things that go on in, in eschatology. God's eternal purposes will not be thwarted. No man's going to stand up and stop God. No nation, no, uh, no dictatorship, uh, nothing can stop what God is going to accomplish in the world. We can rest in that. And we could thank him that he allows us to learn those principles uh, on, on a very basic level. As we think about Psalm 28, I hope that it's really encouraged your soul. It's encouraged mine. I've enjoyed being able to share these things. Uh, it's good for me to not just 
to just prepare for a sermon and preach a sermon, but then go back and reflect over it. And this is a part of how we meditate on scriptures, just doing this day in and day out. If this has been an encouragement to you, please uh, share that. Uh, consider sharing it with some some of your friends so that they can uh, draw from these. The plan is that every single uh, day during the week, Monday through Friday, we try to get these out by 8 o'clock. Uh, today is a little bit late because our family uh, was hit with stomach issues and uh, we weren't able to maintain our normal schedule. But I think that this will be an encouragement. Hope you have a great weekend. And uh, for the men at our church, I hope you guys will be able to make it to our men's meeting um, on Saturday. And uh, we're going out on visitation after that. Uh, so, so ladies, encourage your husbands to go to that. we got a great group signed up. And uh, I think it'll be a good time of fellowship. Have a blessed day. Bye now.